Good morning, everyone. It's great to have you here and welcome you on our Indigenous Sunday. Let me read to you from Isaiah 12, 4 to 6. It is a wonderful prophecy from the, Isaiah, from the prophet Isaiah. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Well, a very warm welcome to you on this Indigenous Sunday and we're going to stand and we're going to do just what the prophet Isaiah exhorts us to do, which is to praise the Lord. And we are praising him that his name is known all around the world. If you're online, a very warm welcome to you as well. My name is Bruce Clark. Please stand and we're going to sing.
seated. Let me begin in prayer. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit and speak to us this morning as we meet with you. May we perfectly love you and may we worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A very warm welcome to you who've gathered here this morning on our Indigenous Sunday. And uh, if you are a visitor with us, my name is Bruce Clark, the Senior Minister. If you're watching online, a very warm welcome to you as well. Today is, uh, you may know, the last day of NAIDOC week, which is a significant day for our Indigenous brothers and sisters in the country as they celebrate their culture. And the theme for this year was all about respecting and learning from elders. And no doubt that's what we're going to be doing today. And if I can get you to uh, acknowledge that we have some wonderful elders amongst us today uh, from around the country, and I'm just going to uh, introduce us to them. Um, and I'll start with the senior statesman of them, and uh, that is Uncle Ozzy. Uh, and if you're interested in politics, you might want to talk to Uncle Ozzy. He uh, knew Gough Whitlam and worked closely with him back in the day. Uh, he is also one of the founding members. There's only two left of the Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship uh, that is the council that met here yesterday. Uh, Ozzy is 90, he's travelled up from Eden and he's here with his wife Robbie. So can I get you to welcome Uncle Ozzy and Robbie. And uh, he was over for dinner last night and he was playing on a gum leaf, How Great Is Our God. Uh, so if you can find a gum leaf, he'll play you a tune. Let me tell you, he's very talented. Uh, we have Neville and Kathy Naden, who are well known, but welcome Neville and Kathy. We have Tony and Dr. Francine Richards here from Perth. Tony is the CEO for AEF. Um, you may also want to meet his wife, uh, Dr. Francine. She's an art therapist who works uh, in grief and trauma, particularly with those who are survivors of the stolen generation and uh, doing an incredible ministry there. So welcome Tony and Francine. We have Dennis and Valda who are here, uh, Taylor, they are also from Perth, they're the principal of the First Nations Bible College. They're gonna be sharing about that training because we're seeking to raise some money uh, through the artwork. And so welcome to Dennis and Valda. And we've got Pastor Max Conlon who's also a very talented artist and Max, Whatever he puts his hand to, he just does very well. He's going to be preaching this morning, but it's Max who's actually painted the artwork uh, that we've got on stage this morning. And he's come all the way down from Sherberg, north of Queensland. So welcome, Max, to our cold manly. Great to have you with us. And there were a couple of others who were here yesterday, but they've had to travel back. What we're going to do now is uh, we're going to stop and have an acknowledgement of country. And I do want to say a few words before that. I've mentioned on several occasions here at St Matthews that there is, um, sadly, a dark history when it comes to the history of the gospel mission to the Indigenous First Nations people of this land. The original white ministers and missionaries um, came with an attitude that they thought they were better than the Indigenous folk of Australia. Uh, they thought that the Indigenous people needed to become like the white people if they were to understand and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
and that they needed to come to us. Uh, and what a great mistake that was, uh, causing much damage. We're here today, though, because there has been some wonderful work done to bridge that gap. And I want to say the thing that has struck me about working with Indigenous people is uh, they are beautiful people, they are incredibly talented people, but they are also incredibly gracious uh, given our history in the way they, if I can say, welcome us and live out the reality that we are reconciled and we are one in Christ. And it is a great honour to have them here today as the First Nations people of the country, particularly on the last day of NAIDOC week. And today really is a celebration of the unity that we have with our First Nations people here with us today. And that unity comes about because of the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who has died for all peoples. And if you were listening closely to the opening reading, uh, it was deliberate because the message Isaiah predicted uh, would go to the world was for all the nations. Doesn't matter what race or colour, because that message, which is of the Lord Jesus Christ, death for us, brings us together as one in Christ. And it's a profound unity that we have in the church because of the shed blood of Christ. And it should be, uh, if I could say, cherished and lived out. And so on that note, uh, let me welcome up uh, Neville. Can I get you to welcome Neville St Matthews again? And if it's worth saying, the, when the building was finished, I'll just give you a slight history to the Acknowledgement of Country uh, plaque that's going up. Uh, we'd finished the building program. We had put up the plaque, which is over on the building, to uh, mark the occasion of the building being built. And we had a parish council meeting very soon afterwards. And one of the parish council members said, um, shouldn't we have something to acknowledge that uh, this land was actually not ours um, and acknowledge the history and of the First Nations people in the country and in Manly. And we all looked at each other and went, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, and so much work has gone on. It took uh, a little while for it to happen. And we have taken the words for the acknowledgement of country from what Neville Naden has written. And it's a Christian version of the acknowledgement of country that is now the Bush Church Aid acknowledgement of country. And I'm gonna get Neville to explain it because it's not what you might hear when you go and hear uh, what is often said these days in acknowledgement of country speech. Uh, it's a Christian version of it. And so without saying anything more, I'm gonna hand over to Neville. And if we can put the words on the screen, um, take us through it, Neville. Sure. Uh, one of the first things that uh, we thought we should do in, when we began working with uh, BCA in the senior role was to come up with a Christian understanding of how uh, acknowledgement of country should be done and so what I did was wrote up something that I thought was, was uh, something that could be used by churches, that they'd, be, they'd feel comfortable in using um, to acknowledge the First Nations people of this country. And what I thought is all the acknowledgements of country that I had read and heard had their starting point wrong. Um, they started with the, the, the First Nations people and we wanted to come up with an acknowledgement of country that started with the creator who is sovereign over all things. Um, and this is what we've come up, and we've removed words like ownership. Our people have always believed that we were custodians uh, of the land, and it's only this ownership stuff that's come in recently. Actually, incident, it was actually, they believed that 
the land owned them. Um, they come from the land. Uh, and so there was, there was no thought years ago about ownership. And so we removed words like ownership um, and put words in there such as stewardship. Uh, God is sovereign over all things, so all you guys that buy up all these uh, big homes over in Manly, let me remind you, you don't own them. Uh, you are custodians of them, and one day uh, God's going to rectify uh, that whole situation. But here is what we've come up with. We acknowledge the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the creator of heaven and earth, and his ownership of all things. And we decided, we thought that we should um, couple this with Scripture. And we put in there Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, uh, showing that he is the only sovereign in this space. A little bit later on, I'm going to write a talk on sovereignty not ceded. A lot of our people think that uh, they do have sovereignty in this land. Uh, the only sovereignty is not ceded is God's sovereignty. And so we're going to toil with that idea about uh, talking about his sovereignty over all things. We went on to say that we recognise that he gave a stewardship of these lands upon which we meet to the First Nations peoples of this country. In his sovereignty, he has allowed other people groups to migrate to these shores. We acknowledge the cultures of our First Nations peoples and are thankful for the community that we share together now. We pay our respects to the Garingai people and their elders, leaders, both past, present and those who are rising up to become leaders. And so once we put that together and uh, people around pretty well much all over the country have been looking for ages for an acknowledgement of country that they would feel good about using in the life of the church. Um, and so that's what, we, that's what we've come up with. Happy to answer any questions after the service, Bruce. That's all right. Um, what I want us to do is for us together to actually say this together. Now come and say it with me, Nev. I think it's uh, symbolic that we're together in Christ. And so, and let me just say, I've got wrong on the slide here. Uh, it won't be wrong on the uh, plaque. It's the wrong nation, Indigenous. It's not the Karingai people, it's the Gamagal. Um, so if you want to replace that, uh, there is a historical correction that's been made through the local Aboriginal um, group here. Uh, to correct what was a common mistake, thinking it was the Karingai people. It's not, it's the Kamigal. Uh, and so please insert that at the appropriate point. But let's say these words together. We acknowledge, we acknowledge the triune God, God Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the creator of heaven and earth and his ownership of all things. Psalm 24.1. We recognise that he gave stewardship of these lands upon which we meet to the First Nations people of this country. Acts 17:26. In his sovereignty, he has allowed other people to migrate to these shores. We acknowledge the cultures of our First Nations people and are thankful for the community that we share together now. We pray our respects to the Camagal people and their elders, leaders, both past and present, and those who are rising up to become leaders. Amen. Thanks, Neville. Uh, it is worth saying the actual completed artwork uh, will be going up in the foyer with the acknowledgement of country words over it. We have a mock-up which is going up at 10. Uh, it's been a bit of a race against the time and uh, so we've got a mock-up which we're going to put up which you will see there uh, after 10 o'clock. 
Uh, in, in about a month's time, a very nice new one will go up. We'll have one of the prints of the artwork behind it and a Perspex um, plaque on top of that that you can see the artwork through of which the words of the Acknowledgement of Country will be there. Now, obviously you can see the artwork next to me and what I wanted to do was get the artist Max Conlon up to come and just explain the artwork and so I'm just going to move this here and uh, I'm going to get you up. Can I get you to welcome up Max Conlon? Now, I've got my notes here, Max, let me just turn you on. Welcome, Max. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for allowing me to come here this morning and to spend this special time with you, with my elders. I think all my uncles and aunties, all the grey hair, I call you fellas, all the grey hair, and I learned that lesson. If I didn't, I'd get a slap around the ears. So all my uncles and aunties in Manly, all the way from Queensland, where is it? We'd love to thank you for this time this morning, Brother Bruce. It's a pleasure being here. Great to have you here, Max. Now, I rang Max because I had met Max when I was in Port Augusta speaking. Max is the chairman for the AEF, and I heard Max preach. And then we decided uh, about the acknowledgement of country that we needed an artwork piece to go with it. So I said to Tim Evans, who was organising the project, I know an artist, he's fantastic. I'll ring Max and see if he can do something. So we commissioned Max to do it and we paid him money for that. Um, and Max is a award-winning Indigenous artist. Numbers of his artworks are in the BCA art book, Our Mob, Our Story. Bible Society, Bible sorry, Society. thank you. And Max said to me, you want a painting, what's the story? And I thought, oh, I don't think that way. I just thought I would have a nice piece of Indigenous <laughs> art. <laughs> he said, uh, tell me your story and I'll paint it. And I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. So I went away and I wrote up three pages and I initially just wrote the story of St Matthew's. And then I thought, that's not right. We actually need to have the story of St Matthew's within the context of the story of Manly and the interaction with Indigenous people here in this place. And so I wrote some more stuff. I found stuff historically put it together and Max got three pages of documents and from that he has produced the story of Manly and the St Matthew's engagement with that, particular focused on the Indigenous history. And so Max, let's just go from around because the story of Manly <coughs> is on the, out, the outer ring and St Matthew's is in the middle. Where does the story start? First. The uh, first fleet came in, and I love what you've got in the top left corner, those two Indigenous faces. That's your face and that's Neville's face. Is that right? No, oh. no. <laughs> so you're one of our mob now. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I'll check, see how, how good of a teacher I am and what I taught this fellow, right? See what you can come up with. The land that they come into, the boat come in, we've got the dates and stuff uh, when the first fleet came in, 1798. They came into the country of the Gadigal? The Camigal? Camigal. Yep. People, and, and they came and they seen it was quite manly. So the expression that I was a bit confused about with, the, they were manly people. So in a sense, they were workmen, not the expression of, of the, the gentle nature and everything else, but they were manly people. And that's why the place called Manly Cove. And underneath, behind that, 
you've got the map of this area that's hidden behind it and Manly Cove's written down with clapsticks all done behind that. So we've got them coming into this wonderful country and uh, the next thing that took place and after well, no, that... You've got something significant Oh, happened. down the bottom here. So the first physical interaction with uh, white and black uh, took place when Arthur Phillip came over from the uh, cove, which is now Circular Quay, and what happened, Max? The local Indigenous warrior speared Captain Arthur Phillip. Got him right under the arm. And that's there on the right-hand side? Over this, yeah. And then this took place after? The, there was sadly a smallpox plague which wiped out most of the local Indigenous population here in Manly. Which is, where's that represented, Max? Sorry, yes. Plague. The cross represented many, so there's a lot of dots and a lot of people. And then what That's was the sad part of the history? Yeah. Mm. So there's a sad history there. And Max said, You want this in the painting? I said, Absolutely. We need to acknowledge that there is a lot of sadness and grief and loss uh, around the first interactions um, from the very beginning. But significantly, following Arthur Phillip being speared by the local warrior, the first ever Aboriginal white reconciliation in history in Australia took place here in Manly. And I understand it, there's a significant reason for that is because of Christian faith involved and the need for forgiveness. And so that's over here, isn't it, Max? That's right there. The two leaders come together with their mob on both sides, yeah, coming together. We're going to fall together here somewhere. <laughs> now, we're going to fast forward. Andrew's going to hold it. That's all good. It's all good, Andrew. So when I came here in 2008, uh, we had a missions committee, there were mission partners, and we had a lecture here by Dr Peter Adams on the request of Auntie Jean. Now, some of you may know of Auntie Jean. She's a, a very significant Aboriginal elder from Brisbane. And the lecture was on the stealing of the land by Peter Adams. And he was saying basically that we as white people needed to um, take action to repair the damages. And I spoke to Peter afterwards and said to him, um, what can we be doing? And he told me about what they'd done at Ridley Bible College, of which he was the principal in terms of wanting to partner, uh, support Indigenous ministry. And so I thought we must begin a partnership with Indigenous ministers uh, and ministries in the country in some way, shape or form. And I spoke to the Missions Task Force and they went away and I had a name in my head and they came back having done research and the name of Neville Naden came back and we thought that was the name I actually thought of they came up with it and it was a match made in heaven. And so you've got that represented in the painting, haven't you there? Down the bottom, yes. The partnership with the, with the mob, 2011. The dates are in there with it. So the first one initial was with the Broken Hill mob out here and with the, with the vision and the focus of extending those partnerships and ministries. And over this side, you've got Jack Harradine and the lady up in Northern Naomi Territory. Naomi Island, up on the top end. Yeah, up on the other side. And their outreach ministry to families and to the young people up in the Northern Territory. Fantastic. Now, the church is in here. Where is it, Max? The church is right in the middle. So the focus, which you mentioned, and the doors, uh, and I'm reading the extract, that the doors in there are open at all times. Why? 
because people want to leave it open to people to come in to pray. It's a praying place. And it seems to be an evangelistic place. With a vision, people come to know the risen Savior. So that's right in the middle. And in so doing that, so the church, the white feet, people coming in, maybe the lost people or people that are hurting, coming into the church to find solace and a place of peace in here. And then the church going out. I believe it's a place of evangelism, this place, with the vision of that amongst this place, uh, amongst this community. And also in the, within the vision, the outreach evangelism to people who are hurting. You notice these guys are different. They've got no legs. People that can't walk and finding it difficult to walk in life because of all the pressures of society and the things that they're going through, whether physically, mentally, spiritually, psychologically. So these guys and other guys who just isolated, internalized themselves. Totally hardness. The colors in the background predicts that. So you've got two different people. It's an outreach that are going out to these guys. And it's reaching an outreach with the people of Manly. What does gold represent? Gold. What's the color gold? A bit of bungu. We call it bungu money. You know, rich people. So, so their vision. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not being nasty or anything like that. Please forgive me. So it's the, the people that God has blessed. So it's reaching those guys. They tend to face a lot of people in the world try to uh, tend their focus on what they've achieved in life. It is God that's blessed them. So they're, they're mindful of the ministry reaching those guys, the middle class and the, and the low class people that are in society. They're up and running and they're up and walking and they're within the life of the community and that's their vision is to reach those guys with the ministry. Fantastic. And historically, St. Matthew's, I think it was in the 80s, officially became known as the Church of the Open Door. It's the unofficial title for us and that's why in the middle... Max has represented the place as a church with open doors, with the risen Christ above mm. us. So that is the artwork. I think it's amazing. And uh, I think we need to thank Max for the incredible work he's done. Thank you. I'd like yeah. to thank God. We missed something else. And overall, with, within this, I think Matthew 5, 16, that talks about the light. Let your light shine before men that they may come and see and glorify your father which is heaven and that's the ultimate when it comes to vision of bringing them to christ you want to win them by letting your light shine to the community thank you brother thank you max max is going to be back to preach shortly so this artwork we're still working out where it's going to go but it's going to be how we're getting it properly framed uh, there's some old timber from st matthews that's 100 years old which is going to create the frame and it will be up permanently here as a reminder of the partnership we have, but also the history we have uh, with the gospel and with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. Now, one of the things I thought we would love, would be great to do is if we could raise some extra money for the ministry training work uh, that they are doing. And we're gonna hear about that, but we've actually got uh, professionally printed canvases uh, of this there were five large ones they've sold which are the full size but we've got three quarter size canvases uh, if you'd like to purchase one and it will come like this with a frame um, you can get it framed externally if you want um, they're eleven hundred dollars and if you want to just get a a3 print uh, they're 250 but the goal is to raise some funds for one of the ministries that they're running and so before we hear about that, we're going to hear church news. So let's have a listen to church news. Thanks, Biggie. 
my hair. G'day church. Uh, just a couple of things, uh, quick things from us uh, for the diaries and for your action. First up, Alpha Letterbox Drop. Bruce mentioned this last week. Bottom line, we're keen for people to know Jesus, how awesome he is, how good he is. And Alpha is a great way to bridge people to Jesus. So we're promoting Alpha in our community through a letterbox drop. There's a bunch of packs up the back of church. Go grab one, walk the streets in your area and drop off a flyer. Perhaps while you're walking, you could be praying for a good response uh, to the, from the community to the flyers. We'd love to have people along. So get amongst that. Uh, second thing, we've got a special guest Sunday coming up, 30th of July. It's a great opportunity to bring uh, a friend along, maybe someone who doesn't normally get along to church. Invite them along, It'll be a great Sunday. We've got three terrific women speaking on the day. So Rebecca McLaughlin, she wrote an epic book called Confronting Christianity. Some of you may have read it. We based our third term teaching series on, on that book. She'll be speaking at the night church service. Sarah Irving Stonebreaker, she's an apologist, a great speaker, looking forward to having her. You can expect her at the 8 and 10 a.m. services. And our very own, the one and only Deborah Benstead, she's going to be speaking up a storm at the 5 p.m. service. So get pumped for that, get praying about it for who you can bring along. Thirdly, base camp, gents, it's coming up. There's not many opportunities for men to get together like this, to sing to Jesus, to hear from his word, to spend time shooting the breeze with other blokes who love Jesus. So we'd love for you to get along to this with us. It's uh, gonna be happening on the 11th to the 12th of August. We'll be staying overnight on the 11th, the Friday. So go to Basecamp website, grab a ticket, let us know so that we can put you on the list. We'd all like to do this together. Uh, get your own accommodation or let us know if you need accommodation, we'll try and sort something out. Finally, we've got Unplugged Sunday coming up next Sunday. So Dave won't be back as expected, but we are pushing ahead with a Sunday that's focused on music. We love singing, we love singing to Jesus. It's always great to sing to him and it's always great to hear from Bruce will be talking about why Christians sing. So that's it from me. God bless. Laters. Fantastic. I can get you to welcome up Dennis Taylor. Come on up, Dennis. Now, Vicky, there are some slides with that. Thank you. I'm going to just ask you to click them through for me when we uh, are ready. It's on, Dennis. I'll just put that down. Come on up. <laughs> Welcome along. Is it on? Yeah, it's on. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for um, uh, inviting us here and uh, thank you for your hospi hospitality over the weekend. And a wonderful meal we had last night at your place. Dennis, you're the principal for the First Nations Bible College. Tell us about that, what, what your ministry is now. Oh, yes, um, the, a, the AF of Australia was seeking to, um, to uh, establish a ministry in uh, Bible training. We had two colleges that were on the fringe and uh, I, I think due to circumstances 
uh, and location uh, wasn't very well represented, so they uh, eventually closed. So we were looking at um, establishing a Bible college, and we commenced, Pastor Tony Richards and myself commenced this journey, say, back in 2018, uh, to source out uh, what is the best way we can train First Nations uh, people uh, throughout Australia. And then, of course, in 2019, 2020, COVID came in. So that virtually gave us uh, an insight to where we could take training. And it virtually was um, over, the, over the internet and through video representation and digital presentations. So that's what we aim to do, and we aim to take um, this training to the people where they are so they don't have to leave home or family or leave their fellowships. Um, wherever they are. Now, we've got a couple of photos if we can put them up. Thanks, Vicky. So, that's you there. Who's there in the room? That's our first, uh, second lot of students for the uh, Discipleship 2 course that we, we ran as a 16-week course. And um, uh, they get very involved. And how they get trained is they, they've got to read a chapter of a book and then they've got to answer some questions at the end of that chapter during the week and then we all come together at a time, which is on a Thursday night, and uh, we run through the uh, PowerPoint and then they get in their groups and they discuss what they learn and they talk about their learnings and what they learn of each other, which they love to do. And you had a group of them graduate. I think we've got the next photo. Yeah. We had a group that graduated. The first group that graduated in Discipleship 1 were um, 10 people, and then we had 14 graduate just recently, which is the second discipleship course. Fantastic. Now, you're hoping to try and reach people up in the parts of Australia where Indigenous people are but difficult to travel, uh, up in the top end. Yes, we, we, find, we found that um, a lot of our Indigenous people up the top end and inland Australia um, travel to locations around the coast and they find it's a great... It's a culture shock for them because they don't... They, it's unfamiliar environment, they're away from home and they're long distance from, even when sorry time happens is a big thing and so they can't get home uh, quick enough to be able to experience that. So what we want to do is um, reach those people where we can at a, a regional point where we can bring them all together and, um, and train them around, um, you know, the Bible training and whatever they're interested in around. Uh, studies and things And like so that. you've got requests to go up to the Kimberleys? Yes. Um, I'm heading up to the Kimberleys. We, my wife and I, we um, go home and we get home tomorrow and then we have three-day break and then we travel up to Derby. Uh, so to Broome first, two-hour drive past Brother Neville's going to pick us up in Broome and uh, we go up to the what they call is the Kimberley Christian Fellowship. They have a, a, a convention going on there. So we're going to go there and I've found us, uh, they invited me to a slot where I can talk to the leaders from the Kimberleys, so they'll be all, from all around the Kimberleys, and about uh, leadership training, because there's actually um, some sort of leadership training happening now, uh, once every, uh, I think it's three to six months. But they've invited us to come as First Nations Ministry Training to be able to put some meet on the stuff they're doing now and also to have some regular training uh, with the folk there, the leaders and, and others 
that love the Lord and Christian. And you're hoping to take this not just to the Kimberleys, but other places up in the top end? Yes, other places, wherever the Lord leads us. We got a phone call from an um, interested young person, or a man from uh, one of the communities around Lake Nash, and he wanted to do some training. So we've got to work out those logistics and uh, provide some training for him. And but you've also, also got requests in Cooper Pedy? Cooper Pedy, um, Port Augusta, and so we've um, got a couple, another couple that's um, interested in uh, being able to do that for us because I'm, un I'm only one person uh, that works in the office and so I virtually have to be in the office but when I'm out there's nobody else that can um, uh, take on that role so we're using other people as well and so when I go the office is left so I've got a couple of weeks or whatever it is, whatever's needed to train our people and then once we train them uh, we work on training the trainers so they'll be able to train their people in their communities, in their own languages, which is the beauty of that. Fantastic. Now, you've got a need, um, which is a very practical one, and I've got a photo of it up on the screen there. Um, you're trying to get a four-wheel drive vehicle and a four-wheel drive caravan. Caravan, yeah, a caravan that's high enough to be able to negotiate the, the bumps and the, the dust and whatever else. Uh, I think a lot of, some of these people might have travelled around up in the top end and uh, they realise that, yeah, it's probably a caravan that's a bit higher is uh, probably needed where we need to get to at times. So really appreciate your prayers in that area and if you're able to support, really um, bless the Lord for you all. Um, well, we are hoping we can help with that. So thank you very much. That'll be very much appreciated and uh, yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Can I get you to thank Dennis? <laughs> and so all the proceeds from the sale of the artwork is going to go towards this project of trying to help them get uh, a caravan because literally Dennis and Valda are going to go up and live with them um, in the caravan and uh, they just need money to get this together. So if you want to help with it, come and buy afterwards. Come and see me. I'm going to be sitting here. Uh, taking orders if you'd like to take an order uh, for the various ways you can uh, support this ministry. We're now going to pray and is Trish here this morning? She is. She's going to lead us in prayer. Thanks Trish. What a great honour it is to be able to pray for our Indigenous brothers and sisters. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. Let us be still now, praying to our great God, knowing that the Lord God is with us. Lord God, we come to you at the end of Nadoc week, acknowledging you as the creator and owner of all things. We praise you as the one who, from one man, made all the peoples of the earth and determined where each should live. We recognise your wisdom and kindness in giving stewardship of this land to the First Nations people of this country. We offer you our thanks on behalf of all people who now share this land and express our deep sorrow for the cost that has been paid for that sharing. While we thank you for your many blessings in this land today, our hearts go out to Indigenous people who live with a legacy of harm and disadvantage in a land of peace and plenty. Please bring healing where there is brokenness, 
reconciliation where there is hostility, and blessing where it seems absent. As we prepare for a referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament, we pray that you will guide our nation towards justice and partnership. We pray that you will unite more and more people in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For all things have been created through him and for him, and through his gospel we are able to be reconciled to you and to one another. We thank you for our Indigenous brothers and sisters who have come to Manly this week from around the country for the Council Meeting of Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship. We ask that blessing will follow as they seek to share your love, grace and truth in communities across Australia. We thank you for our fellowship with them today and for the unity we share in Christ and for the way it demonstrates your great wisdom even to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We pray that the placement of Max Conlon's artwork and the unveiling of the Acknowledgement of Country plaque will be a true reflection of the reconciliation Christ brings and of our unity as your people. We pray that the First Nations Ministry Program will effectively train Indigenous leaders in the top-end regions of Australia and that sufficient funds will be raised to purchase a caravan for Dennis and Valda Taylor to use to travel and live as they lead the training. We also pray for safe travel for Indigenous leaders from around the country as they return home from Manly. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy in hearing our prayers knowing that you are able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to your power that is within us. Glory be to you in your church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to lead us now in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We have our collection hymn before we have the Bible reading, so please stand and we're going to sing.
This reading comes from Romans and it can be found in the Pew Bibles on page 1127. Starting at verse 8 to 17. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom, I'm ser- God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want to be unaware, you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For now I am not ashamed of the gospel because of its power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jews, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Max is going to come now and bring a message. Thanks, Max. Oh, big fright. It's a little bit loud. I'm not used to this big, big microphone. Love the church. Just absolutely love it. 
I'd love to take it back home to her mission, eh, Shevik? No, no, I think it'd be a little bit difficult to do that. So thank you for the opportunity, Brother Bruce, and Pastor Bruce with us and to the mob. Remember the verse of Scripture, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. A two references to two passages of Scriptures, and also in Acts chapter 13, when Paul went to Antioch and Pisidia, and he went to the synagogue, and he sat down, and they sent word to this man, Paul, to come and share the word of the Lord, the prophets. That's the sorriest thing they ever done. And when he got up and preached the word of God, he preached the word of God boldly. But what happened thereafter? People came to know Christ and they, they, they begged him to come back the next Sunday. The Jews didn't like him preaching the word of God, preaching Christ, crucified and died and rose again. They didn't like it. So the Gentiles begged him, to come back the following Sunday and preach the Word of God to them. So what did the Word of God do? It brought people together from different races, different backgrounds, different cultures. It cut deep into the community, but it opened the doors to the marginalized, the people who were separated, that they were looked down upon. So that was the Word of God. What was the secret to that? Paul preached the Word of God. And you read in Acts chapter 13 later on, he preached the word of God, he preached the word of God. So what does the word of God do? It brings life. It brings freedom and it also brings unity. That's what I mean. When I got saved at uh, a 16-year-old, that's nearly 47 years ago, and I'd never heard anything about this man that Paul preached about. Was the Christ that died on the cross of Calvary. Brother Bruce asked me to share, share part of my story, how I came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was God's calling into my life. I grew up in a family of 15 children, 11 boys and four girls. I'm the third eldest, and the girls were better at this too with us fellows, with the boys. They were tougher than us, one of the girls. So there was 15 of us, 11 boys and four girls, big family, same parents, mum and dad. And Doc said, you can go and have another 10 children. No more, Doc, finish now. That's enough. So there was a lot, and I was the third eldest, and as a young boy, we grew up out in the bush. My parents were sent off the mission. I was born on a reserve called Sherberg. And some of you guys uh, know some of the guys, probably Steve Renoff that comes from Sherberg, and Arthur Beetson's uncle, uncle of mine, and others that was mob that came out of Sherberg. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful reserve, but we were sent out of the place as a young age. I was only about three years old, up to Warabinda, and my father ended up on the railway. And coming from a, that was structured and governed by authorities and having a little bit of freedom out on the outside, he worked in the railway. And so you know what the railway life is all about, some of you. It's pretty arduous and very difficult and the social setting in that wasn't very good. So I grew up in that environment and it wasn't very good. It changed the, the life of my father. He was a good dad. But when he got on that monkey magic stuff, that no good stuff, it changes his character and his behavior. I'm talking about alcohol. And that's what there was, a couple of the uncles and aunties, they all migrated together and traveled through Western Queensland, Northern West, up at Mitchell, Longridge, Charleville, Roma, and eventually they came back home. So my life was pretty much disturbed. We used to travel to one place, education. I loved education. And uh, I, I read as a young kid with the hurricane lights out in the, with, with kerosene in it, and I damaged my eyes because of the darkness that we was trying to read in. But we grew up in an environment of a, not a very good environment, and it causes much behavior and other difficulties in the life of the families.
And uh, I was only a young kid, but I loved my mother very much, and I always tried to protect my mother. And uh, I don't know how I felt. I might have been the only guy that had all the boys that felt that way. My father got very abusive when he was drunk. He got very jealous of my mother, and he, domestic violence was a, was, was a common thing. I didn't stand for it. I tried to protect my mother, but I got the hide and got the boot too. So I physically seen my mother being bashed time and time again. It wasn't a very good environment to be in. And as growing up, I was about eight-year-old, I said, when I grow up, I don't want to live this life that my parents lived and my uncles. I loved them very much, but I couldn't change that environment. But what I could change is later on. That eight-year-old, so that's another eight years after, 16-year-old, there was an opportunity, and I wanted a relationship with my dad to say that I love you, dad, but it wasn't a language in those days. And I wanted to hear my father say, I love you, son. I never, ever heard that. And I wanted to tell my dad that I love you, dad. Doesn't matter what you've done in life, how you treated my mother and us, I want to tell you that I, I didn't know how to. I had no models in my life. And there was an opportunity that came later on. My heart was bleeding for years on the inside as a young man. And my uncle invited me to church. My mother and father grew up in the Sunday schools on the Sherbrooke, but when they got outside, they forgot about all of that. We moved, moved back to Mergen, next to Sherbrooke, the reserve, and I was invited to church by an uncle one night. And you know, that night, my heart was bleeding. At 16-year-old, and this man spoke about this man called Jesus that Paul spoke about. This man that came in, into the world, why? Because he loved me. And he died on the cross, and the atrocities, and the pain, and the suffering that this man went through. Why? Because he loved you. My heart was pounding on the inside. That's what I was looking for in life, was somebody to love me. When I read that script, my heart was pumping so much. It was, it was pumping more than I was in love with my first, not my first girlfriend, sorry, <laughs> this fellow's cousin. You know, you old fellas know that when you meet a girl, your heart starts pumping, you know that very much. Be honest now. So God spoke to my heart that night very much. I, I couldn't walk out of that church without Christ in my life. They gave the invitation to come to Christ at 16-year-old. When I heard that night, my heart was found. I had to walk to the front to give my life to Jesus Christ. God spoke to me deeply. It was his calling into my life. My heart stopped bleeding that night. It was filled with that light. It was filled with love. And after I opened my eyes, everything was just changed in my life. It was absolutely incredible, and that walked with me for 47 years to this present day. I praise God for his good, goodness and his grace and his mercy upon my life. God knew the condition of my heart. He knew what I was going through in life. And God, at his time, it was a time for me to turn around. That's been 47 years ago, friends. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. Doesn't matter what's in this life. I said, Lord, that night, at 16-year-old, I, I played eighth-grade basketball. I love basketball. We've done a bit of this, but when I met this fellow here, I said, no more of that one. This fellow's too solid. And there was a lot of things in life as a young person that you could look forward to in the future. But God was more important. I was in grade 10, and I just had a passion when I read that word of God in Acts 13 and a number of other scriptures. I wanted to know this man who was the word. That was Jesus. 
If we could heal all these things and do all these mighty things and transform and change people's lives, I want to know this man personally. So I read and I studied. I didn't study for education. I studied the Word of God. Grade 10, 11, and 12 till midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Strange things happened in the room. God's presence turned up in the room. Wow, I love this. I got a bit frightened because there was an angel in the room. I could hear the wings flowing over the top of me. It was a hot night. Simply because I was in the presence of God, promoting the presence of God through the Word of God. I love this place. I want to know him more. So I kept into the Word of God and applied the Word of God to my life. And God just blessed my life. I wanted to know this man called Jesus and share the Word of God with whoever. And God has blessed me in so many ways with a wonderful wife, uh, Neville's cousin. I prayed as a young man for the Lord to lead me to a lovely young lady who loves the Lord with all her heart and wanted to serve God, and she was the one that God has taken me to. I'm tremendously blessed. So God has blessed my life throughout, simply because I was searching for things in life. Can I come back? How much time have I got, brother? Another one minute, is it? Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, you've got to remind me about time, because you give a black fella the microphone, the Aboriginal fella, we don't know when to stop. I do a radio program up there. It's a national program. So we do it on the Sundays, 12 o'clock to 1. Murray time, you say, you got gospel hour. It goes for an hour and a half, two hours. So, and people switch on from all over Australia. They kind of, well, we love your show. You laugh and joke, but share the gospel. That's good. So God has tremendously blessed us and opened doors. But God has given to me the ability. I recognize God has given to me the abilities. I wanted to reach out more. I work with public servants for a number of years, but I wanted to reach the gospel, take the gospel, what God has changed my life, not only keep it internally, but walk the gospel and share the gospel with the wider community. That's what God has blessed me with this. Lord, how can I reach the community? It was through art. There was different audience, young groups, working with young groups in schools, high school, and outside. Wow, gee, I love this, Lord. It's good, but how can I give back to you what you have entrusted to me? If God has blessed me with things and ability, it's not my doing. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. Everything that is in it belongs to God. Even the state of Queensland and the football teams, they belong to God. The state. Sorry, I had to throw that in. No, I'm terrible. Uh, I'm very naughty, Uncle Brian. You better smack me hand later on. <laughs> So God has blessed me in those ways, and he's blessed you and I, but recognizing the one that has given to us the abilities and the resources, but what do I do with that? I just want to be a blessing to God's kingdom. Where am I going to live after this life? For me to live is Christ, but me to die is gain. So I'm going to go that way, so I might as well build my home up that way. Not this one. This one is good also, but I'm still going to do a little bit of cleaning up, but I'm worried about that one. Because that's where my heart is, and that's where eternity is also. That's why I got invested in it. So I thank you. Thank God for, for the wonderful abilities that he's entrusted to me. You know, there's a funny thing. The more that you want to give to God, the more that God blesses you with. Not because I want more from God. No, that's, that's the last thing that I want and we want. But we want to be a blessing to God's kingdom and advance God's kingdom. That's what it's all about. Why has God called you and I? 
Why has God called me? We must recognize that first because it's all about his kingdom. You see that no man can, John says that no man can come to the Father unless the Father calls him. So it's a divine calling into your life. So what do I do with what God has done for me? God has called me. So what did Paul do? He preached the gospel of Christ. He came to Christ around 32 and he was faithful to his death in the late 60s, so well over 30, 40 years, he was faithful to the calling that God has called him to. Amen? Amen. He was faithful. The question is, how faithful am I to what God has given to me and entrusted to me? What am I faithful in? That's a personal question between you and God. I've got to give account to God for what God has entrusted to me. I will, ta- I will stay at my post as long as God removes me from this ministry that he's called me to. I will. Now, I said that, Lord, at 16-year-old, said, Lord, if you sacrifice your life for me on the cross of Calvary and you died the agonizing death for me, then here I am at 16-year-old. I sacrifice my life for you. I'll give my life to you at 16-year-old. That's been 47 years ago, and I strive to be faithful to the calling that God has called me to. And I want to be faithful to God. I tell my congregation up there, if I do wrong, please come and tell me. But don't be harsh about it, though, too. I encourage them to tell me, please, I want to be a, a best model that I can be for the kingdom of God. And I don't want to be a hindrance in my life. That's what I tell my congregation wherever I go. And I praise God. Humility, God is looking for. So how did Paul come? And God built that man. He empowered that man. He called him. He prepared him. He also positioned him. But he also empowered him. See, God will never leave you short. When he calls you to do something, he will always provide for you those resources by different means as God determines. Amen? God will never leave you short. So in saying that today, friends, I don't know where you are, where I know where I'm, I am, and I know where I'm going to, but I want to be faithful to what God has given to me and entrusted to me in my life. And I pray that each and every one of us will be faithful to God, but recognize who has called you, who has created you, who has called you, and where are you going after this life. That's what it's all about. We're only pilgrims here in this land. And he says that to First Peter in First Peter. When the Christians were going through difficult times, he called it, you're only pilgrims. You're only sojourners in this land. But look beyond this life, he says to them in chapter 1. Look beyond this life. This is only for a little time, but look beyond that. But persevere through this, but recognize that you've got an eternal place that you're going to. Who's going there? I can't wait to get there, but it's going to take some time. And it looked like it won't be too far away. So I pray that each and every one, thank you for inviting us here this morning. My big, I call him my big long brother, this fellow here. I'm a little short fellow to him, so I call him my big long brother. From the, Sorry, my man. That's the Queenslander coming at, or the Irish. On my father's side, there's Irish, and on my mother's side, there's Chinese, but the Aboriginals on both of them, so, so I'm a pretty mixed up fellow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So whichever one comes out, you'll understand why. So thank you. May God continue to bless you. May God keep you in every way. May his face shine upon you. But recognize who is entrusted to you and what can I do what God has given to you and I. Let us pray for you.
Father, for your goodness, thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you for your blessings upon this church. Thank you for all our uncles and aunties, Father, that you have blessed so well here. Pray that you'll continue to keep them in every way and bless this church as they further advance God's kingdom in the life of the community. In Jesus' name, we do give you thanks. And they all said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Bruce. We've got one last song, Jesus Shall Reign Wherever the Sun. So let's stand. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Max preach this morning. I certainly have. Put a fire in our bellies, Max. That's good. You didn't have to mention the rugby league, though, Max. But anyway, let's rejoice in what we can, the Lord Jesus Christ.
you're standing, let me just say a couple of words. Firstly, next week will be a hymn fest uh, with the organ, so look forward to that. Uh, secondly, in my weekly email, I said we need to not just learn about Indigenous ministry and culture, we need to actually learn from them if we are to be truly reconciled. It needs to be a real sense of mutuality, and I pray that this morning you've not just learnt about our Indigenous brothers, but you've learnt from them, and it's been a joy and a privilege to have them here this morning. So can I get you to thank them all one last time? If you would like to learn more about the AEF, Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship, there are some booklets there. Tony and his wife and the team will be out having morning tea. He'll have those out there if you'd like to find out more. There's actually a photo of me in there, a bit embarrassing, but anyway. Um, but more importantly, if you would like to support this project and get your own copy, and we've got basically 50 limited edition signed canvases, uh, which are actually in the office. Uh, they're gonna get framed. Uh, this way. Uh, if you'd like to buy one and support the ministry with what they're doing, I'm going to be uh, down the front here uh, and you, can, you don't need to pay this moment but I just need your name. Uh, or you can buy the, uh, if you want a cheaper version, the A3 print which you can have a look at. Uh, but I'll be down the front and that would be a wonderful thing to do to support this First Nations ministry training program trying to take the gospel training up to the top end. Let me finish with these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Morning to you, sir. God bless. Mm -hmm.